So we've been discussing the idea that even if you don't achieve absolute passionate love, as long as you have enough love that will motivate you to do mitzvahs, enough love that will activate your action, in other words, will cause you to do things of action, that's the intention. Everything beyond that is a nice reward. Because ultimately, he says, everything's about action. We're in this world, which is called Olam HaMaisa, the world of action. It's about doing. It's not a world <clears throat> of intention. It's not a world of emotion. Obviously, there's room for that. But that's not what's unique about this world. The other worlds have that as well. The other spiritual worlds have emotional experiences. They have angels who have emotions. They have angels who have meditation, etc. What's unique about Elam Haza, about this world, is that it's Elam HaMaisa, that it's a world of action. And when we're talking about action, we're talking about physical action. You're getting it done. You're putting on the tefillin. You're lighting the Shabbos candles. You're making a bracha on the kosher food. You're building a sukkah, etc. So the true love of Hashem, which in itself is a partial reward for one's serving Hashem, is not as important in this life as the actual performance of mitzvahs. And this is a very important idea that Tanya is going to come back to a lot in all the five sections of Tanya. That is, we live in a world of action. It all ma- all that matters, or rather, the thing that matters most is getting it done. All the other things are nice. It's nice to have spiritual experiences. <clears throat> it's nice to feel close to Hashem. It's nice to, you know, elevate your spiritual status. It's nice. All the stuff is nice. But what is important is to do. Whether you feel or not, Do. Now, he continues exploring how this love, this basic love that we said that's enough to motivate you to do action, how it works. He says like this, the the mind, by virtue of its inherent nature, is a master over the left part of the heart, the seat of the animal soul, and over the mouth and other bodily organs, which are instruments of actions. Hence, when you have in your mind, at least, a love of Hashem and a desire to fulfill His mitzvahs, you can utilize the natural mastery of the mind to overcome the desires of the heart and to motivate the mouth and other bodily organs to study Torah and fulfill its commandments. He says this is true of everyone except somebody who's really, really... The the, the literal translation is wicked, but I'm not comfortable with that translation. A person who's a Russia, according to Tanya, in other words, someone who's caved in to their animal soul too many times, and then they're no longer in control of it. It's almost like their animal soul's in control of them. They've allowed themselves to be beaten so many times that they basically lost their stamina to fight against it. A Russia is Bershus Liba, a Russia. The person who's failed so many times is now in the territory of the heart. The heart owns him rather than him owning the heart. And he says that itself is the punishment for losing the battle so many times. The punishment's not that the person goes to hell. The punishment is that it becomes much harder to win the battle. 
that the heart dominates. And we know this from ourselves. okay? You know, if you're an overeater, if you're addicted to something, the punishment is not necessarily what it does to you. In other words, you're overeating, you might die from the thing. It's itself, the, the compulsiveness is the curse. The compulsiveness to continue failing over and over and over is the curse. And therefore, the, you, a person, a Russia, will have to break out of it to break the klipot through regret, through mindfulness, etc., so that they could get out of this miserable state of being subje- subjugated to their animal soul. And only then can they regain their natural equilibrium, which is that their mind dominates their heart.